Welcome to ThinkCast, the Gartner Podcast Channel. Here, we talk with the world's leading analysts and thought leaders about the hottest and most important IT and business topics. We discuss the latest insights, best practices, and informed predictions that will get you thinking about how best to solve your immediate challenges and build a better long-term strategy. So enjoy this ThinkCast conversation. You know, it seems like every day there's a new technology or service that claims it's going to change your world, right? A new paradigm shift, the next evolution, yada, yada, yada. You start to tune it all out, don't you? Or you at least worry that you will indeed miss the next big thing. So how do you cut through all that hype? Hi, I'm Scott Smith, and welcome to this installment of ThinkCast, Gartner took on the hype when it introduced the Gartner Hype Cycles, great tools and research that target, you guessed it, the hype. Where does the technology really stand vis-a-vis the vendor claims and the public's excitement? The latest round of Hype Cycle reports are now out as the newest special report on Gartner.com. And I'm very happy to welcome in the lead author of the Hype Cycles report, Gartner analyst Betsy Burton. Betsy It's great to have you on ThinkCast. Yeah, happy to join you, Scott. And we're here because we have the latest round of Gartner's Hype Cycles, which have certainly become a very valuable and popular piece of research. Um, Not those are not necessarily separate uh, descriptions because I think they're popular because of the value they have brought clients over the years and they continue to grow in that respect. Is there a central theme or themes that you've seen emerging from this year's batch of hype cycles? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I get to do as, you know, editor of the overall hype cycle special report is once things start to become more solid, I start looking at all the technology profiles across all of the hype cycles to get a look at what the overall trends are. So we're talking over 120 hype cycles in over 2,000. I think it's actually 2,300 technology profiles. And what I start to do is I start to play with the data and look at what's in there and what sort of trends we're starting to see happen. And there was a couple of things that I thought were interesting that were happening overall, and then there were some big movers. So in terms of trends overall, we started to see three key trends. And the first one is the Nexus technologies that we were talking about a couple of years ago, five, six years ago, cloud, social, mobile, big data. Those technologies have all moved to and through the trough. So there's things like cloud. I mean, people understand what are the strengths and weaknesses are and challenges are. Mobile, people understand what the strengths and challenges are, and they're now going into the plateau of productivity. So that was interesting to see that evolution. The other thing that we noticed is that there's a number of early digital business technologies that have moved beyond or or starting to move over the peak beyond the hype even though some of them are still really hot, things like blockchain, IoT, and the rest of it, but we're starting to see them move over the hype cycle, you know, those early digital business technologies. And the last thing is, what was really particularly interesting is that we're finding some artificial intelligence technologies, you know, what we were calling smart technologies, start to move up the curve and essentially adding a new generation or a new dimension onto digital business. So digital business is evolving and continuing to evolve to include a whole bunch of new, you know, artificial intelligence or smart technologies. And by the way, Scott, I'm not talking about, you know, 
Terminator or Blade Runner or Metropolis, like the science fiction stuff. I'm talking about technology that has the ability to learn and evolve based on the information that it gets. Things like smart apps, predictive analytics, you know, virtual personal assistants, that kind of thing. Right, so I, I shouldn't put that lightsaber on order just yet. I was really hoping, but it makes perfect sense. Probably not. You know, it's a funny thing about AI. Once you start thinking about AI, people suddenly really quickly pop towards all these, you know, science fiction movies and books and the rest of it. And we forget that, in fact, technology is becoming smarter today. The ability for technology to gather in information, you know, and make assumptions and evolve how they process information is already here today. It's just not in the form of the Terminator, which is what people sometimes expect. Yeah, I, I think you're right. You hear artificial intelligence and the expansion and people somehow jump to the robots are taking over tomorrow. What am I going to do? So it's very true. Right, exactly. But what's key, I think, to me is we've seen this evolution from nexus to digital business. And now we're almost seeing the next generation of digital business become smarter more flexible, more agile, all of those types of issues, things. It, it really speaks to how fast this is all moving and really kind of uh, goes back to my beginning purpose of why these hype cycles have, have really become popular research because we were only talking about the nexus of forces as kind of a new idea just a few years ago at Symposium. Digital business, just a couple ideas, really is people getting their heads around a couple of years, excuse me, and now we're into the next generation. It's just flying by, which shows how you have to track these things, you know, you can't just, they could sneak up on you if you're not careful. It is, but I think one of the things we have to remember, and and a lot of clients lose track of this, is that when we look at the hype cycle, it is about hype. I mean, the position on the hype cycle has to do with how much market hype is going on in the marketplace, not necessarily how mature or how evolved or how adopted the technology is. It's about how much hype there is. You know, everything that we look at, you know, it's almost human nature. Whenever we get something new, it goes up the peak of inflated expectations, you know, get a lot of hype about it. And then you start to look at here are the strengths and challenges. Here's how I use it. Here's how I don't use it. And you fall into the trough of disillusionment. And then you can evolve out to the plateau of productivity. I often talk to clients and say, it's like if you give a kid a puppy or a toy, you know, for the first 24, 48 hours, that puppy or that toy is the coolest thing in the whole world. You know, it's the greatest gift in the world. And then they start realizing that maybe it needs a little bit of cleaning up. It might need to be taken for a walk. It might need to get fed. And it falls into the trough of disillusionment. And then over time, you sort of go, oh, okay, this is actually fun. You know, you kind of look at its strengths and weaknesses. But that's human nature. I mean, the whole hype cycle actually represents, in my mind, human nature. And we just need to figure out where technology is in terms of that hype. And by the way, the big thing is clients need to understand the next level down, which is when do I want to adopt it? When's the right time for me to jump in and take advantage of this? What's the benefit? And what do we do about it? That next level of question is, is actually the most important part. It makes perfect sense because, of course, we're bombarded every day with with the hype that says this is the next big thing. This is what's going to turn us around. This is our only pathway to success. You've mentioned some of the stops on the hype cycle journey, as it were, uh, the trough of disillusionment, plateau of productivity and so forth. Could you walk us through a hype cycle? What does that look like kind of beginning to end? 
Yeah, absolutely. So at the beginning of a hype cycle is what we call the trigger, and it's a technology, service, or discipline comes into the marketplace or even in terms of research labs at that point, and somebody starts picking it up and finding it interesting. You start to get a little bit of noise about it. And then you move up the slope um, of inflated expectations, and that's when people start to get really excited in it. The further you move towards the peak, the more market noise you're going to hear. Now, at this time, the adoption rates may be really low. I mean, the, the adoption rates and maturity of the technology could be, you know, less than 10, less than 20%. It could be really low. You're just getting a lot of market noise. And so you move up through that slope of inflated expectations up to the peak. And that's really when you start hearing the most market noise. There's a lot of vendors claiming to have that technology, claiming to do that technology, and it sort of hits that peak. You, of course, can guess what's at peak right now. Things like blockchain, IoT, you know, all of these things are right now at the peak. In fact, data science in many respects is still at that peak. And then it starts to go down towards the trough as people start to look, use it, as the adoption rates actually increase, people start using it, and they realize that a lot of the advertisements and a lot of the hype was actually just that, hype, and there are both strengths and challenges with that technology or service, and they get disillusioned. They fall into the trough of disillusionment. Now, some things actually fall out of that trough and never actually make it out of that trough but most will actually evolve out of that into what we call the plateau of productivity, which is where people start to figure out this is how we're going to use this technology. This is how we're going to take advantage of these services. This is how I'm going to prepare our organization to leverage this discipline in a proactive sort of way in their organization. When you start to get to that plateau of productivity, we start to see the adoption rate much more in the 50% range, you know, 50 to 70% range. So it goes through that cycle. Betsy, how do you, um, how does Gartner see clients utilizing this? And what I'm asking there is, if I'm looking at a hype cycle, should I be waiting till I see a technology on the plateau of productivity before I really jump to that? Or do I, is there a way I can use that information to kind of get in the game earlier? You know, some might be thinking, if I wait, I might have a competitor that really took a chance and harnessed it earlier. How do we use this versus just saying, oh, let's wait till every technology pops up in X spot along the along the journey? Yeah. So I find that the high cycles are used by clients in a couple of different ways. One of them is what I call the you know response to the airline magazine. So I'm sure a lot of clients have been going through the workday and some senior executive comes in and says, I read about this technology. What are we going to do about it? And the hype cycle could be a quick and easy way for people to become educated at a technology, which may be getting a lot of, you know, quote, airline magazine attention. And they can look it up and they can quickly figure out what is that technology that's being hyped? Where is it in the hype cycle? What do we actually truly see the benefit of it is? What's the adoption rate? You know, what's the time to plateau? And what do you actually do about it? So that you can respond really quickly to your senior executives who are, looking at making investment decisions, but trying to muddle through the hype versus reality. So that's the one way that I see people use it. The other way that I see people use it is really what you're talking about, which is when do I as a technology investor, in other words, a person who's buying technology, figure out when to adopt the technology? And in fact, you know, 
I may look at opportunities if I'm a leading edge organization that would say, okay, I want to adopt this technology as early on as possible. I may be a leading edge organization who says, I'm going to adopt a whole bunch of technologies and put them into research labs and experiment with it, knowing that it's going to go through this evolution, but I'm willing to take that risk and I'm willing to adopt that early on. I may have other organizations who are going to actually adopt technology during the um, movement towards the trough. And the reason why they may be doing that is because vendors at that point start focusing in on use cases and case studies to illustrate the use of that technology in a lot of cases. And in fact, what's interesting is as it's going into that trough of disillusionment, you'll find that vendors are actually more willing to negotiate because there is that backlash that's oftentimes going on. So there's some clients that will actually adopt it while it's going towards that trough because they see that as an opportunity to really leverage that. And then there's more conservative organizations that will wait till it hits the plateau because they're not willing to take that risk and they want the skills and they want the training and they want the services out there that they want to adopt it when it's more advanced. And you may support different technologies at a different rate. You may support end user technologies at more the beginning time frame where it's going up that slope. And you may support, for example, you know, maybe back-end infrastructure more when it's a plateau. So you may make different decisions depending upon what the technology is. I want to stay on the topic of how to utilize it as best we can to get the most out of it. And I'm thinking of with the magic quadrants. I know one of the um, warnings that Gartner always gives is, don't use them as like a ranking system. Don't just look at the leaders in the magic quadrant and think that's where I need to look for the technology. There might be some in the other uh, three quadrants that might be exactly what you need at that time to grow the business. That said, with the hype cycles, what are some of the mistakes that you see clients making that we should make sure to avoid or be careful of as we look at a hype cycle, as we start to apply this information? Yeah, the biggest mistake that I see clients make is they're equating position on the hype cycle with maturity. And that really is not the relationship. The position on the hype cycle is the amount of market noise that's happening. We also do a rating on the maturity and the benefit and the adoption rates as well. So clients have to look down a level deeper. So what I encourage clients to do a lot is Go find an area that's interesting to you. You know, for example, cloud computing, advanced analytics, business intelligence. Go find a hype cycle that's interesting to you and bring it up. And what you'll do when you bring it up is you'll see, you'll first get the interactive version will be what comes up in front of your screen and start perusing through it. You know, read the introduction of that and you'll see that come up when you pull up the hype cycle and then go peruse through the different profiles. And you'll notice as you go through the hype cycle and click on each one of those little profiles, it'll give you more detailed information on that. So that'll give you an overall sense of what's happening in the marketplace and a little drill down into each one of the technologies. If you want to dive down even further, you can actually go in and pull up the document. Most of the hype cycle documents are really long and it'll let you get into even more detail into all the technologies in the hype cycle. So I tell clients, you know, go down deeper. Don't just take it based on the hype cycle. Go to the next level down and look at it in more depth. The other thing that I find really interesting is we have the Gartner My Hype Cycle Toolkit, which is a spreadsheet so that clients can do exactly what I did 
to look at all the hype cycles across all the different areas. So it's a spreadsheet. So you get all of the hype cycles in a spreadsheet. You can click off on the profiles that are interesting to you, and you can generate a hype cycle for your own purposes. So if you're looking at a set of technologies and you want to present that to senior executives or you know your CIO, your board, your business leaders, you don't want to show them all these different hype cycles. You just want a culmination of all the things that you find interesting or that you think you need to be paying attention to, and you can create a hype cycle to represent the things that matter to you. That's a really powerful way for using it, and particularly for communicating to senior executives. Now, as I mentioned at the outset, the 2016 hype cycle reports are now out, and you can see them in the special report that's available on Gartner.com. And I greatly encourage listeners to go there to get a better sense of the scope of this report and the full array of research that Gartner offers. But right now, Betsy, I want to go back to some numbers that you tossed out at the beginning of our discussion here. You said 120 hype cycle reports tracking about 2,300 technology profiles. How do we then make sense of all of this information without getting overwhelmed? So... We've tried to make this easier this year, easier than ever before. So there's a couple of things. You can look at the hype cycles by topic area. So if you're interested in, you know, application architecture, there's a hype cycle for application architecture. If you're interested in cloud security, there's a hype cycle for cloud security. So think about what many of your key initiatives are and go look at some of the hype cycles that are interesting there. That's the first starting point. And look at hype cycles by role. So what are the top two or three hype cycles that every CIO and every enterprise architect or in every application architect should take a look at? So that's an important perspective for them to take. The other thing that I think is interesting that we've tried to make easier for people is we've also arranged the hype cycles by industry. So here are the hype cycles that these industries need to pay attention to. And then lastly, we've added some hype cycles by region. So if you're in China or Russia or India or Africa or Latin America, we've done specific versions for you of the overall hype cycle view so that you can look from your specific perspective. So the idea is let's show you hype cycles by topic. Let's show you them by role. Let's show you them by industry. And let's show you the hype cycles by region. And I think that gives people a comprehensive view that addresses their key initiatives and the things that they personally care about, but also what matters in their region. It also strikes me as I'm listening to you there, Betsy, that there there seems to be value to making sure we don't come in with too myopic a view. And, And what I mean there is you can hear that the different ways this data can be utilized. We might make a mistake of coming and say, I'm just looking at cloud right now, but there might be something that really pertains to our cloud initiatives in one of the other ones that really kind of, it's keep that open mind and maybe do a little bit more of a broader reading than we initially planned on doing. You know, I think that's a really good point, Scott. So it's interesting to me, uh, you know, one of the questions I always get is, who are the hype cycles being targeted at? And they're being targeted IT leaders that are trying to solve their immediate problems because every technology profile gives people advice as to what do they do about that specific technology. So that's clearly an audience for the hype cycle. It's also a primary audience for it is people who are doing things like enterprise architecture, CTOs, IT strategic planners, CIOs 
who are trying to understand the world overall. They're trying to look at, you know, the big picture and all the different moving parts and, you know, see for themselves what the trends are, which is, you know, again, one of the reasons why I think the My Hopsicle Toolkit is such an interesting tool for clients, you know, so that they can actually start to see what trends are out there that they may pay attention to in the big picture. But, Scott, the point that I think you make that's also interesting is don't just stick with your immediate key initiatives. Go look at sister industries. Go look at sister technologies. Go look at related areas and go see what's happening there because we know that these are all interconnected and it's interesting and important to look at the ripple effects of changes. Well, Betsy, thank you for helping us at least start the ripple effect here as we start to dive into these hype cycles for 2016. Greatly appreciate it. More than happy to. Great chatting with you. Betsy Burton is a distinguished analyst and the chief of research for enterprise architecture, business process management, and program and portfolio management at Gartner, where she led this year's special report on the 2016 Gartner Hype Cycles. You can find out more about the Hype Cycles on Gartner.com. Check them out, cut through the hype, and figure out if the next big thing is the right choice for you. I'm Scott Smith. And you can reach me at scott.smith at gartner.com. Thanks again for listening to ThinkCast. Gartner is an impartial, independent analyst of the information technology industry. All content provided by other enterprises is expressly the views of those enterprises and the speakers. The information should not be construed as a Gartner endorsement of said enterprise's products or services. Thank you for listening to this latest installment of ThinkCast from Gartner. We hope it gets you thinking about new ways to approach your IT and business concerns. And don't forget to check out the Gartner webinars at gartner.com slash webinars. Or look for more of our ThinkCast podcast at gartner.com slash podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to Gartner ThinkCast on iTunes so you don't miss an episode.